Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs. With companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Employer brand isn't something you sprinkle on your recruiting like magic fairy pixie dust to kind of make it better. It is both a craft and a calling. If that's the kind of work you want to do with your employer brand, come join me, James Ellis, at the Talent Cast. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. It's quarantine time, boys and girls. Still? Another another 4.4 million Americans filed for unemployment this week. God. Bringing the COVID total to 26 million so how's your week going? Welcome to the Chad and Cheese Podcast, everybody. I'm your co-host, Joel, almost out of toilet paper, Cheeseman. And I'm Chad. Get me the fuck out of here, so wash. <laughs> and on this week's show, Karen joins the ranks of the unemployed, indeed embraces its inner warm and fuzzies, and yep, layoffs, they keep a-coming. Layoffs? Going to check my mailbox now to see if Chad has sent me a pink slip. Be right back. Sovereign Parser is the most accurate resume and job order intake technology in the industry. The more accurate your data, the better decisions you can make. Find out more about our suite of products today by visiting Sovereign.com. That's S-O-V-R-E-N.com. We provide technology that thinks, communicates, and collaborates like a human. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Yeah, no, you probably get an SMS from me. (laughs) Do I sense a little cabin fever setting in there, my friend? No kidding, man. I mean, I'm looking forward to the NFL draft tonight. Uh, The numbers keep mounting as you were talking about, like the unemployment and I mean, just everything that's going on. So it's, you know, you're just trying to find shiny bits, right? Yesterday was gorgeous. We got to spend all day outside working, which is Mm -hmm. awesome today. It's rainy. So I'm really kind of pissy. Um, but yeah, so this is a perfect time to do a podcast. Yeah, we get uh, a weekend of rainy, cold, nasty weather here in uh, in Indiana. So I'm looking forward to that. Shout out quickly to uh, Big Red Liquors if you're in the uh, Indianapolis area there. They have a sale 25% off everything made in Indiana. So if you're in the neighborhood. That's a good call. Good discount on some decent alcohol. Yeah, no, that's a given. And we do when we do beer and uh, whiskeys pretty well. Uh, shout out to Daniel Fellows from Get Optimal. He gets a shout out because 
He has an adorable kid that thinks saying Chad and cheese is hilarious. Uh, and it was funny. You saw his face when Daniel actually said, uh, you know, uh, Chad's in the army. And the kid looked at him like, what the fuck? why did you make this not funny anymore, dad? We, we used to have our kids do the outro uh, of our show and hearing him say Chad and cheese in an English <laughs> accent really really made me opine and long for the days when the kids did the uh, the outro. So maybe Dan, we can convince him to have uh, his son, who I don't know his name, do a little outro or some sort of soundbite for the show, because I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, no, I think I think I might be able to actually capture off that video, not to mention his kids, I believe, helped make him that custom Chad and Cheese T-shirt we've seen on social media. So double shout out to Dan and kids. No doubt. And there's your uh, teaser for the upcoming death match on right. THX conference. Uh, I don't know exactly what we're calling it now. Unleash online or something. Uh, but that's T- Monday. Tech Europe digital. Okay. So that's coming <laughs> Monday. If you haven't signed up for it, head out to TATech.org and uh, get registered. We, ha- we have four awesome startups that we're, uh, we're bringing on to Zoom uh, Q and A. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but a little bit different. Certainly is. And speaking of more events, yes. uh, like there aren't enough online Zoom meetings out there. Uh, our friends at uh, Skill Scout are yes. having their first ever. What are they calling it? Uh, like it's a film festival. Film festival. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's humans at work. Uh, the URL is unique. It's it's humans and then the word at and then dot work. So if you haven't signed up for that yet. Uh, got some great guests and entertainment and uh, big brains presenting there. So check that out. Yeah, that's uh, I think, you know, with all the webinars, the covid shit that we're hearing today and, and whatnot, we all need a break from that. This whole, I guess, focus was really just bringing the humanity back into work. So very on Amazon like good. Good job, Skill Scout. Good job. Who uh, who better than Elena and Abby Cheeseman? No uh, relation whatsoever, believe it or not, to bring a little joy into the industry. Thanks, girl. Somebody had to. Somebody had to to do the name Cheeseman Cheeseman right. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Because I'm dragging it through the mud. Thanks to Bruce Reed from Practice Link for calling us a must-listen podcast. Uh, Love the Practice Link peeps. Ken and the gang over there. uh, You got to love it. I'm going to give a shout out to Ford Motors. Uh, Sorry to bring it back to COVID, but the company is testing wristbands for their employees to alert you through good vibrations that someone is within six feet of you. So Ford's doing a little bit of of, uh, R&D, I guess, with uh, protecting their employees, which is a good thing, I guess. Yeah, they, they're just taking those haptic bracelets that Amazon had to be able to track their people when they went to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and they're using them for good instead of for evil like Jeff Bezos does. This is going to be really bad for office romance. Yeah. It's going to be really bad for <laughs> office romance. Ariel Lubiage says uh, to keep our insights and perspectives coming. So we appreciate it. Ariel sounds very French Canadian. Yeah, we we have the strangest names that love our show. Ariel Lubiage. We're global. Global. Yeah. And speaking of global, um, the folks at Adzuna uh, let me know that uh, in light of our story of indeed crushing former publishers of their content, Ah. that talent.com was an option. Adzuna wanted our listeners to know that they were also an option if you needed some content for your job site. 
That's exactly right, kids. Get away from the evil empire we know as Indeed. Check out Adzuna or Talent.com today. Caroline Otto from Berlin won the HR Hackathon Selfie Challenge. Uh, So she and the wonderful Eva Zills, who actually orchestrated the entire hackathon event online, um, will be wearing brand spanking new chad and cheese t-shirts. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, shout out to my mood, <laughs> which is pretty good right now. And in light of the NFL draft tonight and the Browns picking 10th, it's definitely an absolute yes that they will fuck my mood up uh, later today. So I'm going to give a shout out to my current mood, which is relatively good considering the circumstances. <laughs> Uh, while we'll be watching, uh, I'm sure Julie actually made a mention while we were watching TV the other night, and I guarantee you we're going to see it tonight too. The COVID ads are all over the place, and it's almost as if every company out there, every brand is going to the exact same ad agency, and they're yeah. getting and they're getting pitched the exact same thing, and all the brands are like, yeah, that's exactly what I want. And then it's like a week later, all their ads come on TV, and they're all watching the same damn ad with different brands on them. Yeah, if not the same agency, definitely the same copywriter. Oh, somebody yes. on somebody on Fiverr is getting rich with all these uh, COVID <laughs> ads because they are. Who who published the YouTube video that had the snippets of all the ads and how similar they all were? Yeah, I can't remember, but it's hilarious. Oh, we'll share it. We'll share it in our transcription. But uh, yeah, they, it, it actually puts all those brands together, at least the bigger brands, and it demonstrates how they are all the exact same ad. They they, they might have you know different imagery or what have you, or a little bit different music, but they're the same damn ad. Yeah. Uh, and that being said, we also saw the same damn ad. For from Indeed. We did. We did. However, I will give some credit that with 26 million Americans unemployed, it's a pretty good time to advertise your job site if you have the money to advertise your job site. So I will give them some credit for that. It is a good time to do that. If anybody can actually make it through the whole ad without falling asleep, that's one of the problems I have with these COVID ads. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They don't really bring tears to my eyes anymore yeah no no and 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 last for me shout out to jimmy stroud for always sharing the best best stuff especially the el chapo (laughs) medical masks that seem to be quote-unquote popular in mexico right now i wonder if uh, the career builder staff have to wear those that's (laughs) at least the ones that are left uh, can we talk about this trend of like design face masks? I, I think that's not going to go very well historically. I don't think it's going to go away. Yeah. Oh, it's it's totally going to be a thing. Like this is yeah the yeah the El Chapo the yeah, uh, yeah uh, serial killer face yeah. masks. Like I want Ted Bundy on my face. Like the whole thing is is pretty disturbing, but it is a sign of the times. Events say, don't forget Deathmatch we've got going on next week. And if you miss it, you shouldn't. But if you do, it's all going to be recorded. Go figure. Hell yeah. Contestants, get ready, kids. Daniel Fellows, CEO of Get Optimal. Alex Murphy, not Robocop, CEO of JobSync. (laughs) Nick Gray. Yeah, Nick Gray, CEO of not Spooge, but Cloud RPO. But he was happy to see us. Yeah, of course he was. And last but never least, 
Mikkel Raha, the CEO of Sonic Jobs. Just go to chadcheese.com and click on the Grim Reaper to look more. If you haven't registered to uh, attend the TA Tech event, go to tatech.org for the Europe digital event. And then there's also the North American digital event that's happening May 19th. Register for all of them be there. And there's also another death match that's going to happen in May. Did you ever think you'd say, click the Grim Reaper ever in your life? I was always hoping that I could. <laughs> News. Layoffs. Greenhouse and iSims, baby. Whoo. Yeah, we've got uh, two, I would say, I would say two big names in our industry. Sorry, Number one, iSims is, I'd say top five. Uh, sure. in, in our industry, from an applicant tracking system standpoint, Greenhouse about a top 20, right? Yep. Greenhouse cut, uh, they have a much smaller staff, but they cut 28% of their staff, about 120 people. ISIMS been around forever, man. I mean, uh, since I think 1999, they were founded, uh, had a 10% cut. So about 100 people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting because the way ISIMS really didn't come out publicly with it, but Greenhouse did. Did you did you get a chance to actually read the, the Greenhouse oh, letter? Sure. It, was a, it was a CEO blog post, wasn't it? Yeah. It was definitely a post from the company, which I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the CEO had quotes in it or something, but now it was from him. Okay. Talked about hiring the people. They're great people. It was a shame. We had to let them go. Yada, yada. The layoffs don't even phase me anymore. It's almost like a surprise if someone isn't laying somebody off. Yeah. I, I, I actually reading the, uh, the, the letter from Daniel thought it was interesting. And, and if this wasn't a crisis situation, I'd, I'd be a hell of a lot more heavy handed around his response because if you read into it, it actually, I'm hoping that PR and Marcoms actually did this. And this is not coming directly from Daniel. Mm -hmm. The reason being is it wasn't really human like to see in this time of crisis. It was more yep. focused right out of the gate on our customers, right? And if I'm a customer, I really want to make sure that your people are getting taken care of. Yep. That's because if you're taking care of your people, then I know that your people are going to take care of me. And really the main thrust of most of this letter was the customer, right? And everything's going to be fine. The customer, the customer, the customer. And it's like, you know, I, I kind of step back and it's like, you know, I, I think in a time of crisis like this, you shouldn't be focusing on the customer. You should be focusing on the people and the customers yep. are going to understand. And that's what they're going to want to see. And I don't think that this letter until like the end, when he really started talking about the people at the end, yep. it just, it really, to me, fell flat. And and I know Greenhouse is still a very young company for ATS, being in the ATS space. Um, yep. They're incredibly successful and I've heard nothing but great things about their tech, their ability to partner, working there and those types of things. So again, not going to be heavy handed about it. I just think that from now on, Marcoms and PR and Daniel and whoever the hell is out there in your messaging, make it yep. more about your people and less about your customers because your customers will appreciate that. On to the iSIMS side. I mean, yep. Steve Lucas comes in. He hasn't even been in the chair, I don't think, six months yet. And, yeah. and he's smacked in the face with this. So I'm sure as a new CEO, this is definitely not something that they were anybody was planning for. 
no one was expecting this. Yeah. As I'm sure with all tech vendors, they planned a big growth for 2020. And that's obviously not going to happen. So everybody, everybody is dialing back expectations. The big changes that we've seen over at ISIMS, uh, you know, Colin stepping away from CEO, going on to the chairman of the board, you know, having, you know, this, this, you know, this equity money coming in, uh, really pushing some things around. I believe they have made a ton of the changes that they were going to have to make at this point. Luckily, they made them beforehand. Um, from my understanding, and, and not a formal knowledge, but informally, uh, I've been told that this is more than likely going to be the last that they need to do this. Most of the work was already done up front. Yeah. You know, I think uh, one of the, the points that you landed on uh, that struck me was the comment about people over everything, right? Yeah. And when I think about, you know, the, the government's policy of uh, letting businesses get money in return for not firing people that, you know, it'll be interesting how we look back on this period, but I feel like that was a big mistake. I feel like you can protect people, but you can't protect jobs. And I think a lot of these companies, uh, number one, I think a lot of them needed to, to cut back anyway, and they were going to do it no matter what. Um, but they aren't obviously keeping people in light of getting money from the government. So I think a lot of people are losing their jobs. They're getting very minimal help from the government, whereas businesses are. We talked a little bit about Harvard getting $9 million, uh, which they gave back. I mean, um, also in the news recently was like Shake Shack got yeah. a bunch of money. $10 they got, they got hammered for it. They returned the money. Uh, Roos Chris was getting money. Like a lot of businesses that are fairly rich in public and have a lot of resources are getting money. And I think when when the autopsy is done on this period, that's not going to be a very favorable outcome. We're putting corporations and banks giving money to corporations over giving them directly to people. And that's probably a bad thing. Yeah. And it's what happens when we're ill-prepared, not just the government, but companies and, and individuals. We're all, for the, for the most part, ill-prepared for something like this to happen. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that blame goes across all because I mean, that person who only has $400 in their bank account right now, and they weren't being paid a living wage. Those are the, those are the issues that are really bubbling up now that we're going to have to take care of. And if we don't, we're going to get further down into this, this hole of disparity. Yeah. Which is probably why I think it'll be interesting to see how much quicker Europe bounces back from this. People aren't afraid to go to, to the hospital if they're sick, whereas people in America who don't have health care don't go to the hospital. And who knows how many more people they infect because they're not going to the hospital. They're giving money, I, I believe, more directly to folks. So people in general are, are more better off. Um, I think companies are less apt to fire because there is the safety net and it's a lot harder to fire people in Europe. One of the things we do really well in America is fire people, uh, which we're doing really well right now. So it'll be interesting to see how we bounce back versus Europe um, as we start coming out of this thing. Yes. Well, let's let's end this segment on a positive note, shall we? Sure. Let's do that. A Alexander Mann Solutions, a very big RPO uh, organization, unveiled a conversational hiring experience called Hourly. Uh, yep. which uh, which was created to drastically simplify recruiting hourly workers. And we remember months ago when AMS acquired Karen mm -hmm. uh, and apparently Karen was put to rest. Now hourly is is the new thing. 
You you had some comments about her hair on the shred, and I don't remember what her hair looked like. Karen basically always has bad hair. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. And it was one of the many female names of chat messaging that were out there at the time. So this is a shift from Olivia, Karen, Maya, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. What I like about it is it's more shifted and targeted toward the hourly worker segment uh, who are big users in the SMS and messaging space. Uh, It has Jovio on the front end to start the engagement through programmatic ads. Then it leads into a conversational experience complete with screening from Tradeify and uh, SMS interview scheduling just in the first launch. So as we as we talk about chatbots and everybody loves chatbots and then we talk about conversational AI or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? I, I think we, we've spoke way too broadly about how the applications could be used in AMS in a very, very smart way. They're focusing in on where they can do the most damage right out of the box. And if that works, they can spin that into other areas, other industries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think if you're a startup and you're looking for models to mimic, and whether you're a chatbot or not, it doesn't matter. This is a good one to mimic. So it eventually launches next month, I think I saw in the, the press release that yeah. went out. And I'm curious to see how it's sort of how it flows, because uh, if you go to the website and it's I think it's wearehourly.com is uh, the URL for the yeah. new site. So if you uh, if you look at the screenshots on a mobile phone, part of it looks like I'm guessing either a web based um, service mm. or hopefully not a native app, although it looks sort of native appy on on the site. But then as you scroll down, there's obviously an SMS text messaging component to it where you're sending scheduling info, directions uh, for interviewing and things like that. So I'm curious to see how the flow is from I'm clicking on a job and then clicking on apply to what happens um, from that from that piece to the actual SMS and connecting with people that way. And I'm sure very soon we'll get a full demo. You hear that? Do Amos? I smell a demo pop Full demo with with the queen of chatbots, more than likely. Quincy, talking to you, babe. <laughs> demo apocalypse. Got your name on it. Quarantine episode of Demo Apocalypse. Beautiful. Canvas. Canvas is the world's first intelligent text-based interviewing platform, empowering recruiters to engage, screen, and coordinate logistics via text, and so much more. We keep the human, that's you, at the center, while CanvasBot is at your side adding automation to your workflow. Canvas leverages the latest in machine learning technology and has powerful integrations that help you make the most of every minute of your day. Easily amplify your employment brand with your newest culture video or add some personality to the mix by firing off a Bitmoji. We make compliance easy and are laser focused on recruiter success. Request a demo at gocanvas.io and in 20 minutes, we'll show you how to text at the speed of talent. That's gocanvas.io. Get ready to text at the speed of talent. LinkedIn or online events? I think LinkedIn working from home 
For sure, for sure. So LinkedIn has been churning out uh, the data, the infographics, the surveys, as have a lot of other people. Content. Yeah, because the marketing folks need something to do. But so they did a, a recent survey basically entitled or titled Goodbye Office Remote Job Posting Surge uh, 28% in March. And uh, they also found that remote work jumped um, 28%, as I said, and then job searches involving the keywords remote or work at home were up 42%. So clearly that's not a surprise to anybody. Um, But the question for me is, does this hold firm or do people eventually go back to the office and lick trees and do everything that they did before? (laughs) That's a good question. Do people want it? Uh, yes. Do employers want it? I'm not sure. The current landscape has the employers in control. And usually when that happens, the candidates wanting to become the employee uh, get screwed or the employees who just want to retain their jobs get screwed too. You know, the, the big question is, will hiring companies see enough during this quarantine time of possibly, you know, money savings or what have you to change their behavior overall and stop this bullshit 1950s nine to five kind of uh, work ethic kind of kind yep. of scenario. Um, I'm yep. not sure. I, I again, I, I think we're humans. We're all about routine and control. And mm-hmm. I think most of this goes right back to where it was before, even though it wasn't what humans do best. Interesting from the survey. Uh, the biggest boom in applications was for customer support representative, uh, which saw a 400 per- 400% increase uh, for the month of March. So just a little tidbit there for you. And there also was a, a story out this week about uh, how the workplace is going to change. And one of the biggest takeaways from me was doorknobs need to, to need to go either to get rid of the door <laughs> or have automated automatic doors or uh, like hooks that people can just use their elbow to open up and, and close. No more doorknobs. Not to mention no you make it easier knobs. for the dogs to get in and out because they don't have opposable thumbs. That's right. I didn't know that materials like copper and bronze uh, kill kill germs. So apparently the other thing is if you do have doorknobs, make them copper or I think bronze also uh, kills viruses. So I've learned so much this week from medicine and uh, architecture, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Get out of the house, please. God, get me out of here. So uh, man, one thing that's not going to happen is you're not going to get out of the house to go to an ERE event. Yeah, I, that was a great segue to the story. So this isn't really a story, but there was a conversation on social media where David Manister, head of ERE, and a lot of our listeners have been to the ERE conference or know about yeah. it at least, um, and that, that David's comment was essentially that they were moving to online only even before the coronavirus you know, th- whole thing happened. I sort of disagreed with that. And you said I was missing the bigger picture. So I'm curious as to what that is, because you said, let's save it for the podcast. Uh, now you said, you know, that that does it for the Chad and Cheese tour bus. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. I, I think we, we might be on the same page here. I mean, we've been talking about <laughs> consolidation and, you know, uh, events dying off uh, in a couple mm-hmm. for a couple of years now. So this is just another progression, I believe, of that conversation. If David and ERE can get fifteen hundred dollars a ticket 
for an online event, then they'll be kicking ass and taking names. But if they can't, they'll, they'll probably bring the price down. But if they can't, it'll all be a part of the evolution and or extinction process mm-hmm. of what we've been talking about for years. So, I mean, we've been talking about either events dying or being consolidated and bought up, acquired. I think this is just another piece of that now, right? It's like, okay, well, instead of, can we cut costs and go to online? And then again, I think it's, it's definitely going to shake out. If you can create an online event, like Hung Lee did a marathon, 24 hours uh, Mm -hmm. of content, which was ridiculous. And it was cool. And he had, I think when we first got online, it was like 2,200 people in the room watching shit and it's like wow that's amazing could that be taken the next step i don't know that's what i think we're gonna have to see uh so david david's comment part and partial comment was um until they being the attendees feel safe again uh my company being ere is not going to be able to make a living running in-person events the question is hung lee who's you know super cool dude uh this is pretty early in the, in the whole online thing can hold an event a lot of people show up yeah but at what point does he charge, you know, one ninety nine to attend and he gets a lot smaller audience? I I think virtual events suck for the most <laughs> part. Like you're at your desk, you know, you got your dogs once out or whatever. Uh, you get an alert on your phone. You got an email. Like there are way too many distractions for me. And I think I speak for more than just me that the virtual thing is just really hard to get into. And let's face it, like. For most people, the best part of the event isn't even the event, right? It's like the after hour stuff when you're networking and talking shop with people and meeting new people. And that's where the magic happens. And that's where all that gets lost in a virtual conference. So I, for one, hope that this is not a long-term trend that we start going back out in the world, meeting people, talking about stuff, because it really is at the bar over a few drinks or at lunch that you really get to know people and really get to, to see opportunities and, and find things to, to make it, make it happen, man. Shake and bake does not happen in a virtual environment. No, I, I agree. I agree hundred percent. It's going to come back. The question is how many of those brands that we knew and we loved are going to be coming back as well. And that's, yeah, that's going to be the big, that's going to be the big, the big difference. Yeah. It's survival really. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, can these companies who exist because of conferences survive in a virtual only environment until the world comes back? Cause yeah. we're a long way from people getting on a plane and going to an event with hundreds of people that, you know, they don't really know. Well, and I think, you know, what you're talking about with content versus actually meeting people are two yep. entirely different components. Yep. Being able to to get really good content at a virtual event, I, I believe you can do that easily. Not to mention, I think there, there a lot of times I miss really good stuff because I'm either out having conversations, prepping for something, or there's a reason why I just can't be in the room. On a virtual event, I can go back later and I can watch it or watch it again, right? So I think that is really cool that you don't get from a live event. Uh, I think virtual events will get better and smarter from a content standpoint, and, and it's going to be more just content focused. Now, what we're going to have to do is look for other vehicles to be able to get that face-to-face 
moment that we're looking yeah. for because those are the, those are important to everybody i believe that goes to a conference but they are two different components so you've got the the content piece and then you have the obviously face-to-face doing business piece sure sure and i think the other the other piece of this that's huge is is the vendor side of it because yes. for a lot of a lot of companies i mean trade shows and expo halls are a big part of how they get in front of prospects and customers and that just isn't going to happen in a virtual uh, virtual setting I th- I think I think they can because if you think about it, really? it I, yeah, because I was thinking about this uh, when when Hung was pitching the whole uh, marathon event. I thought you know this could almost be, especially if it's taped, like a TV show, right? You're sitting there and you're watching the content, and now a few words from you know vendor A or whatever whoever it might be, and it almost becomes kind of like integrated into the actual content itself, which which Hung Lee actually did with some of the pitches on some of the different tracks. But I think yeah. there's there are ways to smartly do that. And that's how you pay for the event as opposed to asking uh, attendees to do so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a hybrid would be interesting and, and companies are going to have to go to more QVC style shit <laughs> to sell stuff. Like there's going to have to be a clock and they're going to have to have like a whole thing. And I mean, that would be interesting and that could definitely happen. Maybe at the end of this, we have a, a hybrid of the physical event with mixed in with some sort of a virtual event. And there's interesting ways that, that people can market. I also am, I'm also intrigued at how much money flows to alternative uh, advertising mediums. If there, if there isn't the money going to conferences, obviously as podcasters, we'd love to see more money come into podcasting, Uh, not just for us, but everybody. Um, And hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll happen for the podcasters kind of bad for the conferences though. Yeah, that's interesting for us because we are seeing an uptick and and we've always had companies coming to us, but we're seeing more companies coming to us because they're looking for alternatives to get into the heads of people that they want to be able to reach. And and just real quick, a side note, Hung Lee, I have an idea. It's called Brain Food TV. Call me. Hmm. (laughs) All right. Never off the hook. And speaking of who you'd like to get a call from and a great sponsor, let's hear from Job at X and we'll talk about people getting money and maybe somebody getting sold soon. Stand out in a feed full of boring job ads with a dynamic, enticing video that showcases your company culture, people, and benefits with Job at X. Instead of hoping that job seekers will stumble upon your employment branding video, Job Addex seamlessly displays it in the job description while they're searching, building a connection, and reducing candidate drop-off. You're spending thousands of dollars on beautiful, informative employment branding videos that just sit on a YouTube channel, begging to be discovered. Why not feature them across our network of over 150 job sites to proactively compel top talent to join your team? Help candidates see themselves in your role by emailing joinus at jobadx.com. That's joinus at jobadx.com. Attract, engage, employ with Job at X. With Job at X. <laughs> so money is still flowing, although I'm sure most of these deals were in the making before the COVID phenomenon. But we got two companies getting some good money. This is mm-hmm. seed money, by the way, uh, yeah. both out of the Valley, Oyster and Remote. Uh, Oyster is getting $4.2 million in seed and Remote is getting really a whopping $11 million in seed money. Yeah. Yeah, remote definitely sort of like how it sounds. Uh, onboarding, inter- all that stuff through 
virtual means and not physical means. It's funny because I think I know why remote got 11 million and Oyster got 4.2. The name? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Remote can easily articulate what they do Oyster, not so much. So they they pretty much do the same thing, at least from what I'm getting here. And here's what remote does. Remote takes care of global payroll, benefit, compliance, and taxes so you can focus on your people. So that's their their tagline. Here's Mm -hmm. Oysters. Oyster is a distributed talent enablement platform that lets companies hire, manage payroll, and get local benefits to their full-time employees anywhere in the world. All that gobbledygook of convoluted distributed talent enablement platform, it's like all that shit we don't need. They pretty much do the same thing. Yeah, if you go to Oyster's website, which is oysterhr.com, the headline is Talent Without Borders. So yeah, same thing. Yeah, pretty much. But they're both remote. And uh, I mean, if you're a startup, this is definitely something, especially a global startup. This is definitely something that I would look for right out of the gate. So I wouldn't have to deal with all this mainly for that one word called compliance. Yeah. If you if you have a remote work thing or a video thing or (laughs) something like you're going to get money. I'm trying to remember. uh, Shit. Somebody bought like a Zoom competitor. Blue jeans. Yeah. Verizon. I think it was. Yeah, I think Verizon just bought Blue Jeans. I mean, Blue Jeans, I've only been on a couple of times. Didn't really like the experience, but to be quite frank, uh, it doesn't fucking matter. I mean, it's from a remote standpoint, if Verizon can do something with this company, great. Don't see it happening, but yeah, good for them. Yeah, a little side note, LinkedIn uses Blue Jeans. At least they used to. Uh, I'm sure they use something from Microsoft now. uh, (laughs) Yeah, good for them getting money, man. Uh, I thought that shit would dry up, but I guess if remote work is your game, some checks in the bank. Speaking of banks that... Bank accounts that won't be getting full, I guess, uh, post-COVID world is uh, some recent rumors that Bullhorn uh, was on the block. Um, Insight and Genstar, their investors, looked like they were prepping a sale. This out of a story of PE Hub, which we have uh, talked about before. They seem to be a pretty reliable source um, for, uh, for M&A activity. So anyway... Um, it goes into quite a bit about Bullhorn uh, in terms of sort of whisper numbers of revenue. Uh, the company generates apparently $200 million in revenue um, each year. Uh, EBITDA ranging from $70 million to $100 million. Um, valuation at right around a billion dollars. But uh, like you and I talked about, this story is from February. Uh, we're just now getting it uh, because it, PE Hub is not exactly like read extensively in the the, <laughs> the HR blogosphere. But um, yeah, it, I'm sh- dude, a sale was probably in the works, but post COVID, uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah, timing is a bitch. I mean, yep. if you in, from a good standpoint. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, uh, Clinch, our, our buddy Shane Gray, last year, Clinch was bought. It was great timing. Smashfly was bought by Symphony Talent, right? I mean, the, the timing means everything in the market. Uh, and unfortunately for Bullhorn, the the market, uh, it did, the bottom fell out. Yeah. Thank God for Herefish, who Bullhorn acquired in January, <laughs> I think. They, they, just, they just got under the wire. So way to go, Herefish. And with that, Chad, get me out of this house. Another one is in the books. We out. out.
Thank you for listening to, what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.